Your ship, the Righteous Indignation, pulls into the docks of Stormalong Harbor. It seems that the great Phantom Daniel was true to his word. Your wounds from Baron Bad Beaver have nearly healed and you're ready for adventure once again. You dock the ship and toss a copper to the valet. As you enter the city, the smells and sounds of a fisherman's wharf greet you like an old chum. A sweetness extends the air toward you from the local eateries. A small child looks at you intently. Hmm. Okay. Wait, what, is, what does this child look like? Can you describe him to me? Oh, a little, little street urchin. You know, big mm. old rosy cheeks. Like Oliver Twist style? Oh, yeah. Uh, very Dickensian. Okay. Okay. I think I got it. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, child. Would you, uh, would you please tell me where, where is the nearest uh, tavern? I need to whet my whistle. Tavern? What do you mean, tavern? Oh, boy. We just have the candy shop. Oh, man. Jeez, is, is there anyone else around? There appears to be some dock workers, but they're they're very gruff, and they don't look like they want to be interrupted. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach them. I, I don't think I'm going to get much information from this kid. Uh, you approach the dock workers. All right, can I can I roll a diplomacy? Yeah, go, go ahead. All right. Okay, what'd you get? Uh, 16 and, okay, uh, 19. All right. Uh, they look up as if to, uh, address you. They acknowledge you. Uh, however, before they can say anything, the child from behind you pipes up again. What you doing? Can I play? Uh, this is, this is adult business here. Uh, son, why don't, why don't you run along? That's so cool. I'm gonna be an adventurer! Jeez, um... Jeez, oh, what are the are the dock workers like? Are, are, did I lose them, or are they still paying attention? No, they've gone back to their work. They 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 recognize that you are being uh, talked to by this child, and they don't want to interrupt. Ah, gosh. All right. Well, I gotta. All right. What what does he want to do? What what what's what's he so interested in? Does he want to take me anywhere? Does he? He seems content to just look at you smiling and bounce around. I mean, there's got to be something to this kid, like. He can't just be there, like, just wandering around aimlessly for no reason. He must, like, have a... Can, can I, like, do a sense motive on him? Uh, sure. Let me... Because right. he's got to have something going on. I just can't figure out what it is. You sense no ulterior motives. This child is all on... His heart is on his sleeve. There's no internal mechanisms at all. None? None that you can tell. All right, okay, okay, hang on. Like, there's, there's something that I'm not picking up on. I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna use the, my uh, my amulet of detect evil. Let's uh, let's see if this kid's evil. You hold your amulet high and invoke the holy name of your god Lathander, but you sense no evil here. All right, how about my ring of detect magic? Let's give that a whirl. Maybe he's like a mage or something, and he's having a goof. The ring pulses once, twice, thrice. There's some weak magic from the nearby candy shop, but nothing from the child in front of you. This is... Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he'll just get tired and wander off. I'll, I'll head toward the candy shop. Six hours later. <laughs> All right, fuck it. I'm throwing him in a whale. <laughs> One evening, as the sun went down, with the peaceful sea surrounding. Came a pirate splashing, and he said, Hey, I'm not drowning. I'm headed for a land that's far away, where adventure waits on dry land. So come with me. We'll go and see a place called Candied Island. Who needs Candied Island? 
it's safe at the docks. But there ain't no streams of soda pop to go trippin' down the rocks. It's dangerous and risky, but adventurous and free. Adventure, that's the life for me. There's lollipop trees and a lemonade sea. Doesn't sound very good to me. The Misadventures of Lockjaw! Sure, I mean, that's probably good enough, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we cut that up. Yeah. That's a good uh, idea for, uh, I, I didn't really know what to do, so... Yeah, call on that. It, it took me a second until I realized until I realized like, oh, I can be a DM again. <laughs> well, well, just that like, I was looking at the character and all the rest of the of the show, and I'm like, what is he doing here? There's I something know. really incongruous in this like adventure city. It's <laughs> just this little boy. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Guybrush Threepwood from uh, Monkey Island. It, mm-hmm. Just like. He, there's no reason that you he, he I can't figure out a reason that he's around all these scary pirate types. I'm and a like, pirate. Yeah, every time he like greets someone, his his first line is always, "My name is Guybrush Threepwood, and I'm a mighty pirate." And he's just so <laughs> golly gee and like innocent. Yeah, but like, oh man, I, I don't know, man. If this character is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome everyone. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And this is the Carton Cast, uh, the podcast that we wa- where we watch old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. Uh, today we are watching the malevolent mellifluous manifesto of Flappin' Jack. In the big Carton Cast mountains, there's a land that's loud and weird, and you can listen in with us if you are not afeard. Ben's filter runs on empty, and Zane's throat is always clear. It's time to go where people know the references and the in-jokes flow in the big Carton Cast mountains. Very nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't even think of Carton Cast as, like, cotton candy. Yeah, that's <laughs> close enough to make any sense. Very nice. I don't know why that is happening in the in- <laughs> intro <laughs> yeah so that's should we just talk about that first because that's what that's what they hit you with so they take a great classic folk song big rock candy mountains fantastic oh brother where art thou yep uh we we all learn the words um, yeah they made it less good and then they they sang it off key and off rhythm and then they cut it up in between the rhyme so that it fit into a theme song <laughs> It's it's and really then it ends odd. with a jarring child's voice. Yeah, it's it's really odd, and it's also done in claymation. I don't know, man. Like, I what appreciate it, what, the idea for what uh, the I mean, intent like, was there. Fine. Yeah, I, I like the Big Rock Candy Mountain enough that I like a reference to it. But like, I mean, it, I mean, it's pretty. Bla- they had to have given, they had to have paid someone for this, right? <laughs> I don't like, know. Why this, else would it be so similar? Is if they, unless they were trying to evoke that exact song. This feels like it came from the era of cartoons, where it's like one weirdo's ideas, and no one ever turned down any of, like, no one shot down their ideas. And sometimes that works really well, and you get Gravity Falls, where like clearly only one person can keep track of all this. Well, it's uh, it's interesting that you should say that because uh, this show is actually, you know, kind of the. Uh, first show in like a run of shows that all have a very similar whimsy feel to them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't mind me kind of going into some production history. Um, so was this 2001? Was this where I actually never look this stuff up. I just assume you're going to do it. I, I was going to do it, but then you volunteered. So know, let's see where this goes. <laughs> you do it though. I'm going to get in. I'll jump in when I feel is necessary. <laughs> the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack ran on Cartoon Network from 2008 to 2010, but it was originally pitched in 2001 That's by Thurop von Orman. Yep. Thurop von Orman. 
who uh, drew inspiration from his marine adventures during a, his time as a child in Florida. He he has led an interesting life so Strange far. Strange man, Thurop. Yeah, yeah uh, so like he started in Florida, then moved to, what was it, Kansas or something? Utah. And then he, Utah, and then like worked as a janitor to get enough money to just move back to Florida, and then like... He's like, he's like I gotta go to that, that far-off land of wonder and whimsy. Florida. And then he, like, swam to an island or something, and then, like, started living out of dumpsters. He, try, he tried to play a castaway, and it didn't work out, and he nearly died, and then he's like, what if I tried in Mexico? He got badly sunburned <laughs> and nearly starved, and just did it again, because, like... I don't know. He well, I mean, it, it it's cogent to the show. He just had that like sense of wonder with uh, this uh, maritime setting, and you know that it it has like, a strong pull. Him. There's a reason that Treasure Island was so uh, transfixing. Yeah, like good for him and good for that adventurous spirit. I do not share it, and I do not look upon adversity as something that is intrinsically good for me. But I uh, good, and good, good on for you. the cartoon medium because uh, this show, uh, in addition to being you know relatively well liked, also was the starting point for several storyboarders who worked on the show to go on and create better shows. Um, namely, Pendleton Ward and created Adventure Time, and Alex Hirsch went on to create Gravity Falls. Oh uh, so, yeah. You know this. This is uh, formative in in a number of ways you know, to this the current is, cartoon medium. This has been mentioned to me as sort of the the start point of a lot of the modern sensibilities. Which, you know, it's a somewhat weird and absurdist show, but I it has a lot of SpongeBob DNA, and I see it more as a logical offshoot of that. I don't know about that. Like, I, I definitely saw some of it as being SpongeBobian, but I think just uh, maybe maybe we're just getting confused because of the maritime setting. Sponge boy, me Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the fact that Mr. Krabs is here. <laughs> uh, no, it's the Dutchman. No, I, I, I know. It's just it reminds he, me of Mr. Krabs more for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is a very surreal adventure type of show in the manner of, well, it reminded me most of Adventure Time for obvious reasons. And also Calvin and Hobbes, you know, where, mm-hmm. where it's adventure for its own sake. Yeah, hey, we, we let's don't... have a race. What are the stakes? nothing but it's the entire episode is we just need to have a race now yeah we we don't have any real responsibilities we just live in a whale so you know and we eat candy like nutrition's not a thing Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because all of that takes place in what is clearly some like fisherman's dystopia where everyone's ugly and like full of boils wind waker everything looks off and everything is covered by water i thought of it more as like um Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, where like the I, first Paper Mario, like for it, yeah, like you're you're all happy and everything's charming and smiling, and then like you took a character like like Flapjack from there and brought him into Rogueport, where like oh, crusty seamen everywhere. Yeah, all of the uh, all of these mice wearing sailor hats. It's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable, but menacing. I'm yeah. gonna get mugged. Yeah, you you get like one of the first interactions you have is you get mugged. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah, but like this show does have this show does kind of operate on like senseless wonder and and adventure kind of uh, uh, spirit, like an adventurous spirit. Yeah, you know, that that is what they're selling. That is what they're trying to connect with, and it does fit very appropriately. You know, it's appropriate. It has pros and cons. So on the one hand, like it means pretty much any plot can happen. Nothing's really off limits as long as it's within like a nautical theme. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the stakes are generally pretty low. 
Like nothing ever feels uh, uh, dangerous or even that like important. It feels like at the end of the day, regardless of what happens, they're just going to go home and be like, oh, that was fun. How about tomorrow? There's there's no sense of like story momentum. No. Like go, it's it's one of those shows that, you know, end of Family Guy episodes like, hey, what, remember how uh, the, the episode with the, the where Peter becomes a black knight and doesn't get his job back by the end of it? And he's like. Hey, remember that one episode of the Honeymooners where he got his job, where he lost his job but never got it back? That bothered the hell out of me. You know, it, at the end of the episode, you know, Captain Knuckles could be down to an eyes and nose, and that's it. And it just is never expressed that uh, it's never expressed that his body exploded in the previous episode. It's just it has to be okay that that shit happens and that we can restart <laughs> at the next episode, which does work in this setting. Yeah, it's not an unusual thing in a cartoon. Yeah, but and and like they totally set up the notion that there doesn't need to be any momentum or like if you are going for a one-off adventure kind of story, this is this will fit all of those. This will check all those boxes. Yeah, it'll go down smooth. Your your normal plot. Well, let's not go crazy. Your your normal plot of any given show or movie is like a it's like a mountain, right? You got you got your start, you got your rising action, all that. This one is more like a train. It's like, and then this happens, and then that happens, and each bit's entertaining, but it, it's uh, it's kind of empty calories. It's a gentler slope than most, um, but you know that that is fitting. Like a lot of it is in the journey. It's not really about sending a message or or making a point. It is yeah. just about exploring and you know having fun while you do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say in general about it. Yeah. So flapjack is a boy enjoying the nautical adventures in Stormalong Port, and he lives in a whale, Bubby, with his friend Captain Knuckles, who is a shitty pirate. Knuckles, still Knuckles. First Sonic, then Sonic, then Sonic, then Sonic. And I'm sure we'll cut that in yeah, somewhere. we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, we love it so much. We have I to didn't know that that was a character's name. <laughs> He's like... Here I come, rougher than Knuckles. The best of them, tougher than Knuckles. You can call me Knuckles. Unlike Knuckles, I'm Chuckle. He's calling this guy Knuckles. Here I come, rougher than Knuckles. The best of them, tougher than Knuckles. They call me Knuckles. I like Knuckles. Just to explain for the very bewildered audience, <laughs> there is a YouTube artist, Silva Gunner, who he is a prophet. Does mashups and weird like a god among men. <laughs> weird mimetic alterations to songs. So, like for example, the um. You know, the, the Super Mario Sunshine Delfino Plaza theme, which... Dun, 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 and usually it goes on to a theme, but it, here it just doesn't. It just continues for two <laughs> just minutes. <laughs> just like vamping and making you stressed out. There's a, and, there's a version of Live and Learn for, from yeah. uh, Sonic Adventure Battle, or Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, where it from in the first, like, where, where the guy goes like, ooh, and then you came back for more, like whatever Crush 40 does there. But instead it just, like, <laughs> it just pauses on the ooh and it just does that for like three more minutes <laughs> like slowly getting higher and higher in pitch until you can't understand yeah it. so this entity is a, is a true internet person um, <laughs> he is my he is my very hero <laughs> and so he did one with uh one of the songs that of, of knuckles from one of the sonic games and uh ben ben loves this song i love this song but good luck <laughs> it, explaining to anyone else why we enjoy it <laughs> yeah nsfw on anyone who wants to like you know listen to it because it's pretty filthy but like (laughs) mostly bewildering filthy like it's not filthy for the sake of filthy 
Right. It's it's just interesting. Go listen to it. Let him be your new your new deity. Like if you're walking into a padded room filled with butts, like yes, butts can be filthy, but like the weirdness is more <laughs> yeah, important. The weirdness is that there's a padded room full of them. <laughs> yeah, like how'd these get here? So so I get the feeling that the reason that we're talking about here I am rougher than knuckles silver silver gunner silver gunner is because like this show just isn't very deep. <laughs> you know, I kept it, watching it trying very... to be like there's got to be something to talk about here. Did, well, I thought there might have been and, and I guess there is a little bit to talk <laughs> can, about. Can, can you take that note again? Well, I thought there might be, but well, then I thought I'm... there might have been. Uh <laughs> oh god, he's so annoying and <laughs> I thought there might have been. Uh but you know, in, in the manner of shows like Adventure Time and Gravity Falls, they'll have a regular plot, and then they'll have a macro plot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a new sensibility as far as cartoons go, is, you know, the, they can be one-offs that also have, like, these mysteries below the surface. Um, you know, the Adventure Brothers does this as well, very well, is they'll have, you know, the ridiculous premise of whatever this, whatever the flavor of the day is, that's fine. But it's also got, like, this other stuff happening in the background that's slowly pushing a plot forward. And that can go on for multiple seasons without reaching fruition. This never, this show didn't catch the memo <laughs> that you can have a macro plot. So it's just, it's just nonsense every day, mm-hmm. which I don't think is necessarily poor. I just did not enjoy it very much. Right. It's, so um... it's not the plot structure that's bad. Like if you're just doing a one-off show thing, this is, this is a good execution of that. I just wasn't into what it was peddling. Yeah, it was focused much more on the overall aesthetic of the mm-hmm. story rather than like which is very trying... cohesive. Yeah, like this all fits. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sort of the sort of over exaggerated like weird bits where they'll zoom in on something that's unsettling and leave you there long enough to give you the heebie-jeebies and then leave as soon as like oh, as that's if everything's straight fine. SpongeBob. Yeah, that's straight out of SpongeBob, and I feel like they. Also, that, focused on that. Well, it's it it is SpongeBob, but I think that we're forgetting a earlier incarnation of the same idea. What Zane mm-hmm. is describing here is you look at a character. Maybe he looks okay because he's got that candy-coated plastic kind of sheen to him that like, oh, this is a cartoon character. He's smooth. Maybe he's got a little bit of hair, but he's like he's like an acceptably doughy shape and his color palette is relatively smooth and he lo- he looks fine on the screen. And then they'll focus in on him and you'll realize that he is bulging and disgusting from every corner. His lips are all cracked and dried and his <laughs> eyes are leaking yellow goop. Zane, this is this is a Ren and Stimpy aesthetic. That's right. where this is originating well, from. Well, and it's any time. Guys, listen. I just don't get it. I just don't get why people <laughs> like Ren and Stimpy. It drives me up the goddamn wall. It's so disgusting. I can't get past it. So, and that is what the this show does. It it's not nearly as grotesque as that, but uh I I think what I mean is like it does that tonally as well. Where like mm. if Flapjack's being annoying and like overly innocent about what he's saying or doing or like blind to the thing he's about to cause, we'll zoom out on him and he'll be like but everything's going to be just fine, right? Like his eyes will get all dilated and shimmery and yeah, like they're drawing f- the the show draws focus to things just to really give you a sense of uh not foreboding but like hey, we want to make sure everyone's in on the joke and knows what the joke is before it hits. Mhm. Uh and it's uh it's it's a little annoying uh, after a f- after a couple episodes. 
You get a little tired being, of them being led around, explaining it to. Yeah, they lead you around by the nose, and this this world. I don't want my nose to be anywhere near this world. Yeah, it looks like it smells disgusting. So, like, um, here, here's. I'll give an example of this. Yes, please. There is an episode um, where you know Flapjack and Knuckles, and we'll, we'll talk about the characters in a bit. There's not a <laughs> lot there. Um, they're sitting outside the candy bar or whatever, and the sailors come out and. You know, Flapjack's all like, oh, I want to go on an adventure and have fun, and Knuckles doesn't want me to. And then the the sailors come out, and one of them says, hey, hey, kid, let me let me wear your shirt. Give me your shirt. It's okay. I'll give you money. Give me your shirt. And they end up switching clothes, and this whole thing takes several minutes where they're just like, hey, look, don't I look like a little kid? Hey, look, doesn't he look like a sailor? And oh, no, later the captain comes around and is like, all my sailors come to me. And he grabs Flapjack. And that sets up the premise of the episode. But, like, you see it coming a mile off. Yeah. And it happens for every major plot point. It, there, There's so many extra iterations of anything that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's one thing to lampshade it, and it's another to beat it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, the, the show's not subtle enough to do the first. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, like, I mean, sometimes it is, but I did get that feeling a lot of the time where they're, they are telling you which joke is coming, and they're telling it too much. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and maybe that's because of demographic reasons. Maybe, maybe the kid wants to get in on the, I appreciate being able to see what's coming and like the dramatic, the ironic reversal, like, you know, how it's going to turn out. You know, I, I, right. I can, I can understand like, needing that extra give in order to get me to that place where oh i see they're standing on the conventions they're very clearly like in gravity falls one joke that i recently because i wanted to watch gravity falls again because the show was so goddamn annoying to me that i just like i felt like i needed a reprieve (laughs) so i went to watch some gravity falls and one of the characters is like uh so did you manage to figure this out to figure out that mystery I am so confident that your answer will be no that I'm going to take a long drink of coffee. And like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. very clear where that's going to end up is a spit take. But they give you just enough, like, they give you just enough of a hint where you're like, oh, I, I see. They're they're playing with the genre conventions of the spit take. That's that's pretty good. Right. In Flapjack, they don't subvert anything enough. Yeah, they, they would like, just. It, like yeah. it's a long walk to a short subversion. Yeah, it it feels pretty roundabout for a, for a pretty shallow joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe it's just filling time. Like I don't know. I I couldn't get the. It could be filling time. Of how much... It could be different sensibilities. Like as we get older and more used to things, like we need that over overindulgent like spit take warm up thing. Maybe so. I guess like we're not sure whether or not the comedic stylings of this show are not hitting us quite right <laughs> because it's a it's the wrong we're the wrong age group for it or whether it's just like a somewhat incompetent telling of those jokes yeah is it the show's fault or is it ours fault for being us yeah Um, and maybe we'll come to a conclusion on that later on but uh we should for the characters i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure this is the show's fault okay um let's talk about flapjack yeah so he he is voiced by the creator of the show throw up von orman uh, and uh, I that know name. I recognize him as Little Gideon from uh, from uh, Gravity Falls. Yeah, so I'm so glad to see that they're still friends. After apparently, the show. this character was supposed to be voiced by Pee Wee Herman, uh, but he didn't show up to work. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? Like, he was hired and everything, and he just didn't show up on the day of. Where I was like, I guess I'm doing this. Maybe maybe that was, like, part of his, uh, maybe he assumed it was part of his, uh, part of his audition. Was to get hired and then bugger off. And in oh, to go on adventures? adventures. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we'll find him in the news in a, well, I'm sure we'll find him in the news anyway. He just yeah, kind of pops probably, up and around. probably the case. Um. Yeah, that, that's, but that's like, bizarre. I don't think I are, are you insinuating that Pee Wee Herman is some sort of like Loki esque like manipulator? I, I like to imagine that he and Weird Al are like opposing sides of like a chaos war <laughs> that are going on. <laughs> but I, I don't have any. I don't. I don't have facts to point to. It's only. It's only. No, how could you? <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's only. It's only hopes. <laughs> uh, um, but but, but this... the character of Flapjack, you know, I I I like him as is. Like he's a real cute little goober. He he overdoes it quite a bit. I I actually didn't mind it that much. Like I I thought that he was appropriately like golly G. Uh huh. I don't normally like an overdose of golly G, but like in a in a setting that is so like it is so caustic and offensive. Like for him to <laughs> like never have any of that stick, I found. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty... That juxtaposition is what makes the show work. <laughs> yeah, it, I I found his naivete and excitability really like jarringly. Uh, pleasant. Well, he's enough. so earnest and innocent. So, like, you remember Otto from Time Squad, and like, yeah, they would travel through time, and he'd be so excited. He's like, "Oh my god, it's it's uh, oh what, uh, Amelia Earhart? She's great." Mm-hmm. Those were important historical figures. Flapjack's just happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's just so happy excited. Mm-hmm. And because he doesn't go any deeper than that, I ended up liking him. Um, I generally thought he was fine, but the, the voices that he does where it's just, like, too squeaky, I'm reminded of, like, when you hang out with little kids, and they're, like, leading you off on some world of their own minds making, and then they, like, yell at you for getting the rules wrong. Like, they're, they're little know-it-alls. Hmm, yeah, I, I can kind of see what you mean. I don't like hanging out with little kids, so it's been a while, but, you know, <laughs> I don't like to be around someone who's excited for a reason that I don't understand. <laughs> That's why you hate YouTube parties. Yes, no clear, dude. Okay, hang on. I I need to I need to fucking complain about YouTube parties for a second. Have you ever had someone suggest a YouTube video to you and tells you you should watch it right now so I can see your reaction? Fuck that. I'm serious. <laughs> it's the most I. Anytime someone is telling me that I should watch a thing that they think I will enjoy, okay, got it. Email it to me. Send me the link. I don't want to watch it in front of you because then I'm just going to be expected to be laughing the whole time and I'm going to invariably find it not funny and pressured. If you have a cartoon you'd like us to see, email it, send it to him, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll watch it on our own time. Don't break into our houses and make us watch it. Don't do it. it. Yeah, don't, don't Ludovico we, us. It's rude. It's it, it, it is rude. It is rude to Ludovico <laughs> someone. <laughs> I think that was the crux of that movie in Clockwork Orange. Is <laughs> yeah. that he learned he's like, Oh, I've been rude because now a rude thing is being done to me by a rude dude. <laughs> with attitude. <laughs> you got it. There's Speaking a biker of mice from Mars episode, Let's if I talk recall. About Knuckles. <laughs> Knuckles. Yeah, so Captain Knuckles is <laughs> God, can we can we just pause on that? Clip it in again. <laughs> Come on. Knuckles? He, like, I, he, the character that, doesn't even have hands. <laughs> that's a really good joke. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I think it's a. Uh, they needed to do a silent letter not being silent joke, and this was probably Did the they? easiest one for children to understand. Did they need to do that joke? Knuckles. I think you will find. 
that it adds a lot. In any case, uh, he is voiced by Brian Doyle Murray, who is, as you said, the Flying Dutchman from SpongeBob. And also, also Bill Murray's older brother? <laughs> what's that? He's Bill Murray's older brother. He's Bill Murray's older brother? Yeah. Oh, that explains his appearance in Groundhog Day. Yeah. As the uh, as the mayor. Oh. Yeah, he, he just has cameos in a lot of uh, Bill Murray's movies. And a lot of cartoons. Like, I'm, I'm recognizing him as Gnome Cop from uh, Jackie Chan Adventures and as a old fisherman in um, Family Guy during the uh, Daggertooth episode. Yeah, I imagine he mostly has the, just, just the one series of voices. I like the voice, though. Like, I like hearing this voice. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and he does seem a little typecasted into Salty Sailor. It works. I, I mean, don't dislike know, it. Like, this the, is, this is, the, it's always an appropriate voice. The gruff but understandable is a really hard, like, combo to hit when you're, mm-hmm. when you're doing voice stuff. And, and it comes in, like, it comes in so smooth. And it just always sounds good whenever he says, like, anything nautical. Like, Shiver me scallywags. And then that's more Mr. Krabs than <laughs> I mean. This character reminded to, me a little bit of Mr. Krabs line. plus Squidward, just because he's kind of cynical about things, but also he, you know, encourages the boy. Well, I mean, like I don't know. I didn't see him as cynical. I saw him as a man child. What is his job? So is he a pirate? Is okay. he an adventure? He seems like more of a hobo than anything. I honestly saw him as like a warning for what'll happen to Flapjack if he continues <laughs> this adventure. <laughs> and that's why he pals around with him. Like, okay, every week I need to show off how like depressing and awful everything is. Well, I don't so think he he's leaves. doing it intentionally. He goes back I think, to college. Yeah, he, he, he's not doing it intentionally, but he is like clearly an example of what happens if you never grow up. Uh-huh. You know, uh, like, like all man children, like he's our warning what'll happen to us if we... You know, if we never kind of meter ourselves, if, if we never learn from our mistakes, if we always just kind of jump into an exciting direction, traveling from vice to vice in, in search of fulfillment, um, is he, lo- he's, he's, you know, this is showing us Flapjack. If you, if you follow this example, you're going to lose your arms and legs. You'll never develop into a considerate human being. Uh, you're just going to be a, a mooch your entire life. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's he's in the uh, Seth Rogen vein of Manchild rather than the Adam Sandler vein. <laughs> Why well, I, I don't I'm not convinced they're all that dissimilar. <laughs> <laughs> well, one's fluffier. One's angrier, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no, he he's he's yeah, he's just he's he's like a stoner without drugs. Yeah, he's just aimless. He's 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 a he's a layabout. He is a layabout. He's a sponge. He's a do nothing. He is a lazy bum. The the one thing that he's got going for him is that he is he is metered to be like a tough guy. You know, like mm-hmm. a- apparently he is strong. Like he is shown to be like I'm a sailor. I'm a I'm a real old salt. Um but it like his tough like a pirate facade that accompanies that is so clearly like a front that he uses to <laughs> distance himself from his own insecurities. Right. Like in in the in the episode where he and Flapjack go to school, he warns Flapjack that learning book smarts will push out so many other things that Flapjack will forget who Knuckles is. What? <laughs> yeah, he's like when you learn a new thing, it pushes an old thing out. If you if you learn an entire book, you'll forget who I am. <laughs> I I love a character who's like always wrong, but I don't mind. Yeah, well, he's so clearly wrong that like you would never make the mistake of thinking he's reasonable. Like he's never correct. Yeah, like there's an episode where he's like, I'm going to go do my laundry. And he just throws his clothes over the pier. 
yeah. and just waits there for a week. So and like you, he sees dolphins playing with them. He's like, is this how laundry works? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't leave, but like <laughs> something's off. In uh, there was a, a series of Netflix shows called An Evening with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Where the artist, uh, the producer of the Buisk universe, the guy who created Dogma, Chasing Amy, etc., uh, would go to college campuses and answer questions. And he's, you know, he's a pretty funny guy, so it's usually enough to just listen to him answering questions. Sometimes Jason Mewes shows up. Um, but during one of the things, a character asks, or a, a character, what am I doing? Uh, one of the, somebody <laughs> what, what, in the audience the, what says. What are the inhuman characters? Yeah, one of, these in, one of these real life characters. Yeah, he's a real character. <laughs> like liter- literal character bless his heart uh but uh this 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 woman from the audience uh asks him uh if in chasing amy he felt like uh one one of the characters in chasing amy banky who is like he he's kind of a similarly like always wrong kind of character says something to the effect of all lesbians really need is like one good dicking to turn them straight like that is his his viewpoint and she asked him he, she asked kevin smith listen do, do you think that's like do, do you think that you expressing that opinion is offensive at all and kevin smith's like oh no that's why i had banky say it is so that you know that it's clearly ridiculous <laughs> like he never says anything right so the second he says that that should tune you into like this is an incorrect assumption made by a person <laughs> like that is your clue is that Banky is always wrong. <laughs> Warning lights flash. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that, that, that is the impression that I get from, Can- like, when Knuckles does a thing, he's wrong. Yeah. And it's more about, you know how the adventure kind of framework is so that the young boy learns his morals? It's a weird thing in a show where you have a young boy and he's going on adventures and the person learning the morals is, like... That 50-year-old, like, layabout captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the one who is taught the lesson. You know, kids, I, I learn more from you than you learn from me. <laughs> yeah. But you got to do your homework because... <laughs> uh, numbers is important. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I didn't think of that. I like that uh, as a as the actual message of the show. Yeah. Because that, that, that makes the childlike exuberance and desire for adventure anywhere it's possible. Like, that's an encouraging message. Yeah, like, when you're a kid, it, this is fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can you can take it too far. At a certain we, point, you gotta grow up. And because we have two idiots for main characters, we have a voice of reason as the, uh, as the third. This is Bubby. Yep. The sassy black woman whale. <laughs> yes, she was the muse of comedy in uh, Hercules. Yep, um, also Cake from Adventure Time. This is Roz Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, and she's... I mean, like, there's no mincing words. She's got a sassy black woman voice. <laughs> this is, that's why they hired her. That's, why that's what she's her. doing. That's what her character is. I'm not totally comfortable with the stereotypical voice here. Yeah. Like, Which is a shame, because it does work. It does work. It's just, <laughs> we never focus on her, so that's her character is the stereotype. Yeah, I wish she had. I wish that she had gotten a bit more time or a few more episodes that, like, focus on her. But whenever we see her away from those two, it's because she's, like, doing something hypocritical or gossiping. Yeah. It, like, she's not, she's, she's... Additional stereotyping garbage. She's not dumb like them, but she is bad. She's similarly bad. Uh, there was one episode where she kicks 
knuckles out of her mouth. So, like, she is a whale, and so she... <laughs> okay, yeah, this merits mentioning. Yeah, we, we should so probably So they live in her this. mouth. Yeah, so they li- knuckles and Flapjack live in her mouth, which, you know, that, like, good find, that right? If, if, if we lived in a world where there were also giants in addition to regular people, like, that would be... Transportation Airbnb- system. That would be the new Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Live in my mouth. I I eat a ton of breath mints. Like I've reupholstered my teeth. Like there, it's there's, fine. There's those giant bugs in Morrowind that you travel in for fast travel. Is like they're giant bug trains. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and uh, so there's an episode where they where she gets fed up with Knuckles being kind of just a shitty person in general. Well, I mean, look at him. <laughs> like he's uh, and she like keeps tracking mud into her tongue and she's like, "Oh, guys, listen. You got to not do that." And kicks him out. And like near the end of the episode, she starts musing on how nice it was to have like a man around the house to like scare other people away and <laughs> you know, just generally be I mean, like generally That's like ridiculous. make her feel safe to have a tough guy around, which evoked some real tones of spousal abuse that i didn't <laughs> yeah like you're a literal whale like yeah but i don't know i got the i got the impression that they were trying to set up like knuckles as bub and bubby as supposed to be parents who are staying to care together for the sake of their kid yeah that dynamic doesn't really work i like th- this is much better as like a threes company-esque thing i agree where they're just they're they're you know three attractive young adults living together in an apartment but one of them is the apartment <laughs> Like yeah, that works. Sign me up, man. Like that when they remember that that's the case, it works a bit better. I, I think so. And, but like, it's just it's frustrating because because we don't focus on her at all. She never really develops a personality beyond sassy black woman. Yeah. In Scrubs, uh, Laverne is yeah. the sassy black woman character. Like, I mean, like let's let's not mince words. That is a lot of what she does. But it's not all she does. She right. is. Also, you know, kind of the matriarch of the nurses. She also is like... She's doling out the life lessons. Yeah, she, she, she's like a she's source of wisdom. A, she's, she's got a strong but measured faith. She, she's uh, dismissively like, judgmental, but it's not malicious. It's just matter of fact. Like, there's a lot of layers to that character. And, and when she dies, spoiler alert, everyone <laughs> has something else about her that they grieve over. You uh-huh. know, like, it, good character. The, and the characters in Scrubs were really no, good, but no, they did. No, <laughs> don't do it. But there were some real no. problems with that show. It, but I just, still enjoy it. it. Just, it's just J.D. and Elliot who just not need to not be there. <laughs> just I, really, it's just Elliot. I really don't, I, I don't particularly like J.D. I, just I like his Turk. musings. <laughs> All I need is Turk thing. and Dr. Cox. <laughs> oh, it's like a buddy cop thing? But yeah, they're I mean, they do have that episode where they're on the same P schedule, so they just have to interact a lot. <laughs> it's just real hard. Uh, scrubs. But yeah, my point is, in the Scrubs, oh, yeah. Laverne was a character who happened to also be a sassy black woman. In Adventures of Flapjack, that is Bubby's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I didn't think any that's further. That's the difference. So, you know, that bugged me a little bit, even though, you know, I enjoy... I'm, I enjoyed what I saw of her, but it it was only sassy black woman voice. Yeah, and, and like full characterization and diversity of of cast is something that those other shows that kind of offshoot offshooted offshat <laughs> offshat <laughs> uh, kind of kind of took much more to heart. Well, in a sense, if we wanted to be at our most generous, that's not a thing that this show can really do. Yeah. So maybe it's improper to expect more than the stereotype, but like. 
it still made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded spending a little bit more time on characterization of characters other than Knuckles and Flapjack, who get the majority of the focus, because there's there's so much time in this show that's kind of misspent or spent repeating things. Well, in a sense, you don't really need anyone besides those two, because they take turns being the straight man and the foil, and mm-hmm. they can switch with enough regularity that you don't get kind of used to one of them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I get it. It just is a shame for the sake of the rest of the show that that is where their focus was. Um, to speak a little bit more about the tone and genre, uh, hmm. let's let's talk about the adventure for adventure's sake genre that this kind of falls in. Right. So this is not your standard hero's journey because no, it's Flap- just kind of a journey. Flapjack is too innocent to reflect on things in a serious way. So yep. he's he's going on a quest. The adventure's laid out. He tries. He fails. He learns. He makes friends. None of it really affects who he is. He's too he's too set. Yeah, and similarly with Captain Knuckles, also mm-hmm. too set. Like he he knows what to do. To, like he can only kind of see his world in terms of action and reaction. Yeah. So and like a thing will happen. Like he'll fart. And Flapjack will laugh. And that is the extent of his thinking power is <laughs> if this, then this. So yeah. when a baby is like thrown overboard for whatever reason and is in the sea, he's like, oh, I know exactly what to do. And like farts in the woman's face who just lost her baby because he's like, this is how laughs fall out. Clearly, <laughs> I have to do this continually and Flapjack will love me. And Labjack is like, this is kind of the wrong time. <laughs> but like, he he just doesn't have any capacity to think further than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that lack of introspection or depth kind of like that's what allows the focus to stay on the adventure, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so so the show really depends on the strength of that adventure. It's good for an 11 minute show. And the pacing works well for something with this little plot. Why mm-hmm. are we in the ocean? Dunno. Let's go find some shunk, sunken treasure. That that works oceans, on me as kind yeah, of a framework. Yeah, ocean's a good place. It's a good setting for like, oh, anything can happen. Yeah, that's why that's why Wind Waker was so successful as like an open world game. Yeah, is because you know everyone kind of has this sense of adventure. There is something very primal in you know a sea exploration journey. You I know, never th- quite understood it in Wind Waker though, because it was like here's this big expanse of nothing and you'll enjoy it because maybe there's rocks at the bottom yeah i mean (laughs) it's a little harder to see in that but how many kids were captured by the notion of christopher columbus sailing to america yeah you know that that, the the age of exploration it was very romanticized it's, it's a very romanticized story and it's one that's very easy to peddle to children who tend to like adventure it's the most fun part of a civilization game when you go explore and see what the local terrain is like. Absolutely. You find that new cave and maybe it's got some powdered, like, I don't know, muskrat in there. <laughs> powdered muskrat. Try new, new some- Captain Knuckles powdered muskrat. <laughs> By oh. horse, this is quite... This, uh, I can't do it. <laughs> so the... Uh, yeah, so, so this, you know, atmosphere and setting of it adds to the idea that like anything can happen it's gonna be silly it's gonna be low stakes 
Yeah, and, um, and if anything don't goes... Don't expect us to learn anything. If anything goes, then it has the wherewithal to make jokes that make no sense. Like, it, mm-hmm. they're good at using the fact that nothing needs to make sense in order to make jokes. Mm-hmm. So, in the episode where they go to school, it's eventually revealed to Knuckles that the teacher is... Like, the teacher and all the kids are actually puppets that are controlled by a giant octopus. And that's, you know, he figures it out by returning late at night um, to, like, see what's up with this school. Mm -hmm. They're all puppets being controlled by a giant octopus. And, you know, eventually, he and Flapjack are forced to to fight said giant octopus. And at that point, Captain Knuckles learns his left from his right. And, you know, that's a thing that he's been trying to learn for the entire episode, and he finally learns it. And then the giant octopus apparently is a costume, and the teacher steps out of the costume. Yeah, these so, episodes end with these little twists. <laughs> right, but, like, the twist makes no sense, because it requires that up until that entire point, the entire classroom was operated by a giant octopus. But that giant octopus was a teacher that just happened to be in a giant octopus costume like the tentacles are clearly like ambient like or am ambient no they're ambulant the the reason that works is because the alternative explanation is no more ridiculous (laughs) like (laughs) right (laughs) like any like a giant octopus actually controlling things you can immediately buy into that premise that makes perfect sense given this setting the fact that somebody was controlling it equally as much sense Wait, but it's it, but it's twice as funny right because you've Which gotten is, used to like oh this is the joke they were making and then they just make it a second time like they they inception it one more level it yeah you, you're always gonna joke. get a shoe drop at the end of the episode like an extra twist or like a twilight zone kind of thing that just makes it wackier uh-huh. um and and more funny but since it didn't make sense to begin with it doesn't really take away from that it doesn't take away from it but it does like it makes all of the things that happened in the previous episode absolutely insane. Like, there's no <laughs> way the the rest of the episode would happen if this is how it operated. Right. Like, the one where they are spying on Bubby to see what she gets up to when they're away. Mm. And it, like, oh, it looks like she's just bored and not doing anything all day. That's really depressing. And then it turns out, no, she makes a life-size replica of herself. <laughs> To, so that nobody steals her spot or something. <laughs> that that like, is the dumbest. <laughs> and they didn't notice because they fell asleep because they were watching her for too long. Like, it, it's clearly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it reminded me of? What? Uh, in the webcomic Brawl in the Family. There, yeah. There's this one webcomic. There's the, so, like, the general premise of it is that uh, King DDD wants to clobber that Dare Kirby. And one of the times that it happens, he dresses up as a mustachioed gentleman and knocks on the door and says, my name is Kingson Dee-Dee-Doo. And like really on it, like he doesn't (laughs) sell it. Like he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. And he's like, and I'm here to clean your clock. And then beat panel. And then Kirby, and then he cleans the clock and then just leaves. (laughs) Right. Like cleans an actual clock. And then the actual DDD with a worse disguise shows up. Yeah. Like, (laughs) but, but because they go through the, like, oh, Kingston DDD is a person. Why did he act so shady about his own identity at the beginning? Like, it makes no sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, why would that be? Why would this person, identical to the main character in every way, but he has a mustache, happen to be here right now? No, not just why would he happen to be there. Like, why would he be so shady about his own identity? <laughs> why would he be? No, but like the 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 point is, why would he be like, my name is uh Kingston Didi Do? Yeah, <laughs> sure. And like, if that person existed, he would never make that delivery. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start doing that just to keep people on edge. <laughs> but that's that's the feeling I got with the uh, with the with the episode is like that's really great. Okay, so your entire gambit was <laughs> to use a giant octopus costume to teach me my life from my right. Like, how did any of the previous stuff in the school even happen? If you were li- literally giant octopus tentacles that were like it just it yeah, breaks it's, it's down. Movie, a- it's movie serial killer logic. Like if I oh if I put the disembodied head in their freezer it'll pop out and scare them and they'll run and then I'll get them <laughs> or or like in or like in um Kid Muscle like when he meets Meat who like froze himself in a meat locker just yeah. hoping that Kid Muscle <laughs> would happen by and open it <laughs> like if you try to make sense of it it just gets incredibly convoluted and nonsensical yeah you just have to accept that like. All right, some grand arbiter figured this out a while ago. Yeah, and if you try to watch the same episode again, given that you know the twist, the episode is crazy. <laughs> Actual crazy. Uh, but I, I like that kind of joke, so that, that kind of worked on me. Yeah, I just I just wish it didn't take so long to get there. It, or it that does, it, or it that does it lampshaded it a bit better. Um, they do some decent references as well in this show that, I mean, like, as any decent really reference. Really subtle ones. Yeah, go ahead. I don't remember. But I know I saw them. <laughs> <laughs> and what I like about them is they don't go any farther than just being references. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of a funny for any adult who happens to be watching sort of thing, which I, I feel like happens pretty frequently in these kids shows. Do you have an example? Maybe it'll jog my memory. When they there's one episode called Mechanical Genie Island, which I watched because it was called Mechanical Genie Island. Sure. In which they go to Mechanical Genie Island. Okay. An island that is populated by a mechanical genie. I'm with you. It is a Zoltar machine. It's just a Zoltar machine. Right, right. <laughs> to, to, if you don't mind, can I bring an, uh, an episode, uh, like a movie by Tom Hanks in again? If you don't mind, <laughs> oh, if that's cool. If you insist. How does it, how do we keep ending up here? But yeah, they, they meet a Zoltar machine, like exactly Zoltar. And, you know, that that's as far as it goes. It doesn't turn them big or anything. It just looks exactly like the Zoltar machine. And, and that, that episode was also pretty funny because, like, it turns out that the mechanical genie, like makes a bet with them and if they win the bet then he'll teach them where candy island is and if he they lose the bet they have to be his butlers and so they lose the bet and they're like oh let's run for it we don't want to be his butlers and the mechanical genie like a unicycle wheel pops out of the bottom and he just comes over and like smashes their raft (laughs) like they build it up as though he's going to like mystically force them into servitude but his way of doing that is just to blow up their boat (laughs) like bodily that's great yeah it's pretty good yeah, I, I know that there were other examples of stuff like that, but I, I, I'm, I'm blanking a little. That's okay. I and mean, I don't like, want to go back and watch those episodes, so. Yeah, yeah, and I don't either. Like, maybe we haven't gotten it to it at this point, but I really disliked watching this show. It just kind of wore on me after a while. Oh, I, I hated it immediately. You know, I I think the reason is because of the aesthetics. Generally, I'm not a person who gets hung up on aesthetics, but this one had nothing kind of beyond aesthetics for me for a lot of it. So it just, by a partial weight sort of calculus, like aesthetic is a lot of, a lot of the show. It's all nautical yeah. stuff and it's all 
It's trying to drag you into the world it where is. anything can happen. Right, yes. It's trying but to be immersive. We, we, but we watch new cartoons every other week. Anything can already happen. We, we're more or less in control of that. That's not really my problem. It's it's The show is so immersive because it's selling me a nautical setting, and I'm not already in a nautical setting. Like, it's trying to pull me into that world to accept the premise of life is adventure, yada, yada, yada. Are, but are the you world implying is that this so... show would be worse if you were on a boat? No, I'm just saying this this show is so gross to look at, and you know, it's fine if you're trying to draw me into your show to try to be immersive with it, but, like, if you invite me over for tea and cookies, at least fucking clean up your house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. You know, like, I, I'm happy to come, just you, you gotta put in the effort not to make it, like, offensive to my senses when I get there. You knew I would be here. Oh, I told you I'd be here two days ago. Yeah, <laughs> you had the chance. You haven't taken out the trash. Yeah, I mean, like, wiped down the surfaces. It's it's one thing to like. <laughs> Your sex swing is still out in the open. <laughs> yeah, it's like the bare minimum. Guy. Like, at least wipe the lube off. Like, I don't need you to like take you know gardening shears to your topiary out front to make it look like me. I just need you to fucking mop the floor. I'm not asking for the moon here. Topiary. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> that image is like. Would you start at the top? Would you do it full <laughs> scale? How would you? What's the way that you would do this? And then I was thinking, like, I'm bigger than Ben. Could they do it? Uh, was it of me before? And they're going to trim it so that it's of him because that, he'll get offended. Why, if that's it's why of they me. schedule you for earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's just that it evoked the Ren and Stimpy aesthetic so often that I just uh, just didn't want to look at it. Yeah, it. it let, let's talk about how it uh, how it looks because th- this seems to be like a major focus. Sure. As um, I said, they're trying to draw you into the. They're trying to be immersive because yeah, they uh, want you to feel that life is adventure thing. They are using the entire environment to not only build this world, but to put you into it as like, uh, you know, as Flapjack, as someone who's not scarred or or affected by this world but can just freely move through it so at times if you look at, that works if you if you look at flapjack big head big eyes very expressive he's got this bouncy energy every other character looks gross <laughs> they're more yeah. adult they have wrinkles arm they're hair. asymmetric and unfriendly yeah it's a rough and dirty environment so it must be an adventure like if i'm in a strange city with a bunch of adults and i'm a sweet innocent child i'm on an adventure <laughs> That that's true, and you definitely are there, right? You're getting the rogue port, you're getting the treasure planet. Kind of, these are a bunch of scallywags, and I am not, and that's enticing. But I mean, you can do gross and like unsettling in a competent way. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the early seasons of SpongeBob also look kind of gross at times, but they also look like finished. They look stylish, and, and they lean on it less. It's not a matter of, like, where they focus. It's a matter of, did they try? Well, no, I, th- I think it is because that setting is just the seabed. And so there's a lot of blank open space of just, like, clean water. Here, every background is full of, like, b- wedges of wood that bend off at weird angles and nails that aren't fully nailed in. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's inherently the problem. I think that it's just a matter of how stylish they felt like they needed to make like contrast the early to late seasons of spongebob Mm -hmm. you you have the same aesthetic materials but it looks so much garbagier in the later seasons because i don't know like it it just feels 
or or like in Ed and Nettie, the the approach can work for the surreal if you're trying to make things be at weird angles and everything's asymmetric, including eyes. Like that can work. Like in Ed and Nettie, they color outside the fucking lines. It's it's, <laughs> but it's it's purposeful and stylish. And this just looks lazy compared to that. Like it looks like they just kind of threw shit on the on the drawing board and left it there because, well, if we're doing the adventurous surreal aesthetic, things are allowed to be out of place. But it doesn't look like they were placed with any kind of care. That's the See, impression I, I got. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that because this show gets a lot of uh, praise for its uh, backgrounds and for its setting. Its and backgrounds, I think it's, like, it's are, just. I, I think it is intentional, and I think it does have, you know, maybe not polish in the sense that we're used to, but clearly intentionality. Um, I think it's just an aesthetic that doesn't that doesn't work for everyone and doesn't really contribute to what this show is doing, at least not after a while. Well, parts of it I like, because as you said, you know, everything kind of looks a little misshapen and out of place, but, like, sometimes things just look kind of iconic. You know, the, the way they choose to show that this is a water setting is they they have like those teeth of waves that kind of go this way and then that way yeah it's like a, it's like a it's like a pop-up book that's exactly what i was gonna say it's a pop-up like book which totally works yeah I, I wish that sometimes they go into this pop-up book aesthetic like they have in the intro Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, uh, I, I don't want it all the time. The intro looks a little terrifying in, yeah, in, that, uh, in that over-realistic Ren and Stimpy way. Yeah, it's terrible. But I do like when it comes up, you know, time to time in the episode. Yeah, I, I kind of only liked it for the water. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't see any more examples of it. Like, I, I think that when we're in the town and looking at people and houses, it looks garbage. And then when it, we're on the wide open ocean, it actually looks fine. It adds to the feeling of isolation. It's like, oh, out there is danger. <laughs> like, yeah, there's almost. a whole new world. Yeah, like, let's get out of this town as soon as we are able because, like, it it it's in it it's uninhabitable, almost. structurally unsound. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Flapjack himself because his style is so different from everyone else's. Yeah, go go for it. So, part of it is just that iconography, just the the big head, big eyes, like clearly yeah, he- much younger and cuter. He's wearing a fucking sailor costume. Like, yeah, I mean, a little, how much, little, little paper hat. How much more darling can you get? He should be holding a lolly at all times. And he is he is supposed to be Dutch? Ov- he's kind. Of, I thought. I thought. Hey, I thought he was Dutch. You put some clogs on there. Nobody will notice. That's what I was thinking. Like he, he <laughs> seems like he should have some wooden clogs. <laughs> but I, I am asking this in all serious. Are we allowed to make fun of the Dutch? I have no clue. <laughs> like, like I mean, in the same way that we're allowed to make fun of any. You know, non Hollandaise marginalized like uh, uh, culture. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Are the Dutch? Mar- I don't know how marginalized the Dutch are. I think that means that we should probably like err on the side of like even if they aren't marginalized, you probably just shouldn't make fun of cultures. <laughs> but anyway, like, it's just sort of rude. <laughs> so, so Flapjack is so elastic. Um, he's constantly he's like got noodle arms. He's his arms are like go go gadget arms, but he's smushing his face and like. Like, did I do that? Kind of. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, just, it's so weird. And since he's the only non-gross person, like, the him, like, his shapes themselves are not upsetting, but the deviation from the norm is really weird. Like, he's an elder thing. He, uh, or like I, some I, dog. Like, he, like, he's a pet. Like, he's a dog. He actually, okay, <laughs> this is going to take a, kind of a lot of trust on your part. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he mostly reminded me of Austin Powers. Wait for it. <laughs> Let me get there. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Like Captain Knuckles is like, oh, we we gotta batten down the hatches if we're gonna survive the night. Just one question, Captain. All right, do I make you Randy, baby? Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally see it. Will I make you candy, baby? <laughs> yes. That Found is exactly it. it. Found the line. Uh, okay, so what I mean by that is in that movie. Because he's in the future, but his sensibilities and costume and everything are in the past. It really clashes. Yeah. And he's the only one who looks like that. And so we're constantly drawn to it. But he's also charismatic. And so, like, he's not, like, the weird guy at the party. He's the fun guy who showed up. Yeah. I mean, most of the time. But occasionally Mm -hmm. he has that, like, trying to give the peace sign. And a bunch of yahoos in Vegas think that he's a nerd. Yeah. And Burke Baccarat is playing uh, playing the piano and trying to trying to evoke the sads. I, I my friends and I have literally been trying to find a good like Austin Powers night for years. We just never get around to it, but we keep talking about it. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie, baby. Do I make you candy? It's my bag. Yeah, they're obsessed <laughs> with candy in this show. Yeah, it's it's their uh, like it's their replacement for food and anything like unseemly mm-hmm. uh in a in a dark criminal under, underbelly like it's not alcohol it's candy it's not drugs it's it's not filthy lucre it's candy their liquor is the candy barrel yeah and i, I honestly <laughs> larry has a candy wife <laughs> oh my god I, I like that character it's jeff bennett right peppermint yeah. larry yeah yeah that's that's i like him as a reoccurring character <laughs> but uh I, I did kind of get the tones of, you know, this is alcohol abuse sort of stuff. Yeah, because, you know, they're constantly stuffing their faces. and But, like, kid on an adventure, like Candy. You know, it's like Ed and Eddie, like the jawbreaker. Like, that's the end game. I, like, I guess so. I, I feel like Candy is often used as, like, they did it in SpongeBob, too, right? Like, they did it in the, uh, in the movie where they pigged out on Candy and then had a candy hangover and, like, blacked out from all the ice cream that they ate. Like I believe you, but I haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's worth your time. I think you'd like it. There's a song called "Now Without We're Men." Uh, okay, and they wear seaweed mustaches. <clears throat> I actually think that you'd probably like the SpongeBob movie. Weirdly you know enough, you, you're not selling it great. I kind of just want to watch Austin Powers again. It has David Hasselhoff as a dolphin robot. He's like Austin Powers. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Um. Yeah, but like I think that candy is often used as a metaphor for alcohol in 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 kids shows. Mhm. Just sort of just sort of something that's taboo or in excess. Or addiction anyway. Like something yeah. that is possible to be yeah, taboo and addictive is, is kind of where it is. And it's because it, you have it's to a thing get that past, kids can understand. Yeah, you have to get past the censors, but we understand it as something desirable. Absolutely. Which also makes, you know, Knuckles seem like as much of a man child as possible is that that's also his end game it's not like women or filthy lucre it's always candy right that way we we don't have to hate him yeah which we do but like but that's on us he's pretty he's pretty without merit as a as a (laughs) character he's a bad person yeah but he's charming in the same way that uh you know uh flapjack is annoying but charming and bubby is like rude and gossipy but charming like they, they all have this weird charisma hmm. um and i'm not sure what the source of it is other than like 
the fact that they, you know, they all love each other and they all like going on adventures and that sort of can do spirit that forgives a lot in uh, in cartoons. That's a, that's a good point. They they do have like a good attitude about them. Like their mm-hmm. core group has a good attitude and it, <laughs> it 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 prompts action and it prompts conflict. And a lot of the conflict is like interpersonal and I and I like these characters enough because of their charisma that I'm interested in the conflict. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I think it's whenever they don't focus on the characters and focus instead on the world that they want me to explore that they start to lose me. Like there's there's an episode where they there's a, like a VIP section at the candy barrel and in order to get there uh Captain Knuckles has to buy some fancy pants but he doesn't have any money. So he goes to the pants store and like they're they're they 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 tell him okay we'll give you this free pair of pants if you can fit into them and they're gigantic and so the solution is that captain knuckle has to eat like hundreds of candy covered hot dogs and then become so fat that he can wear the fancy pants like all of this is such garbage plot (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know if any part of that sounded like a fun thing to watch to you it wasn't for me like it was a slog. I did not want to be there for any of it. Because it's a it's adventure game logic, right? Like I can sort of see it in retrospect, but the person who came up with it is clearly insane. Yeah, uh, and like, just it's not that enjoyable. Like, <sighs> compare that literally the exact same plot line to how they did it in SpongeBob when he's trying to get into the salty spittoon. Yeah, but he's, but he's not tough enough. So rather than it just being like oh, you need X or you need to be fat to wear pants. It's you need to be tough. Like he's given the range to figure that out and you can have a ton of fun iterations on it. Absolutely. And it's and it's in, it's a personal kind of problem to fix as opposed to an, you know, uh, incidental problem. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has to figure things out about himself. He doesn't have to go to the hardware store to pick up that, you know, ladder. It's it's a totally different focus. Yeah, it, it <laughs> it's the difference between, like, an open world game and a fetch quest. Fetch quest, like, and, and I, yeah, it totally, totally agree. You know, you, you, you need internal motivation to drive your plot, and it's not there in Flapjack. Yeah, because, like... Why does he want to go into the VIP lounger or whatever it was? Like, conceivably, to get better candy or for prestige. And, like, there are other it's ways for, for him to get, like, to get prestige. There's other ways to do that. And we know because that's what he's always trying to do in, like, every episode. Like, he becomes the mayor at one point, And, like, it, it kind of doesn't mean anything because there's no one there. Absolutely. For, for it to it, mean anything to. He tries to become a hero in one episode, not because he wants to be a hero for any other reason than people throw candy at him and Flapjack enjoys it. Like when your character's motivations are unclear, like do you want do you want money because it's money? Do you want money because it represents power? Do you want money because it can buy you things? Like if you don't know that, then the actual re- story of like I want money doesn't have that weight. It doesn't. It doesn't make it feel important that this struggle is occurring. It just makes it feel like padding. Mm-hmm. And like I think that you like that's a really good point that I I think that. I don't know. I, I feel like it happens a lot, and I, I wouldn't have thought of it without your help, so thank you for that. Like You're welcome for that. <laughs> yeah, I, it is the difference between what it looks like for him to get into the VIP section in this versus the thing in SpongeBob where he has to be tough enough. Like, there's so much personality in that and and inner conflict. Because and... there's, like, there's, a, there's that mountain again for the Salty Spittoon. 
oh, when he fails, he goes down a rung. He goes to, you know, the Weenie Hut Junior or <laughs> like the, the, the spittoon, like the, the saloon or whatever for weaklings. And each time there's like a worse one for him to go to. Yeah. And it gives that, it gives that mountain. It gives that, uh, peaks and troughs. Whereas here it's like, oh, I, being fat and wearing pants are not, <laughs> like conceptually on higher or lower rungs of this like hero's journey I, just I don't know what it means yeah further along what does it mean for him other than he did it <laughs> that's funny this conversation is fun to me <laughs> i'm glad you're enjoying yourself <laughs> the journey and whatnot i'm on an adventure let's uh let's finish up with music and sound mm-hmm i tended to like the music like there's generally like little kind of nautical piano sequences like yeah. old old pirate shanty style like yo ho ho sort of stuff that goes along with it yeah children's book pirates not pirates of the caribbean pirates uh-huh yeah no like Hans, Zimmer Hans Zimmer is nowhere near this no this is player piano style yeah pirates like if this if they did an episode where they were in the wild west for some reason which absolutely could happen yeah there's no reason it wouldn't like it, they would shift right it. into player piano like nothing like they would have no trouble <laughs> no, absolutely seamless mm-hmm uh yeah, we, we already talked about Knuckles reciting Big Rock Candy Mountain in the opening song, but here's your chance to plug it again if you wanted to. <laughs> I used to know that song by heart. That's one of those songs that I like tried to learn by heart. That and It's the End of the World as We Know It, just because that seemed like a good challenge. Did you try to learn the song Alone by Heart? Alone by Heart? Wow, what? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a band called Heart and a song that they sing called Alone. Huh. That's not even it. my joke. I, I heard that from a comedian. <laughs> wow. That's weird. I feel like I've heard the song alone, but I don't remember from where. Nope. What is that, Bubby? <laughs> the Muse. I see. Um, so I, I, I will say that occasionally the dialogue is funny, but it happens rarely enough that I'm thinking it might be a stopped clock is right twice a day situation. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, during the Pants episode, there are a couple of just kind of gems of, of, of dialogue that I, I, it's, again, it's so rare that I'm not sure it was intentional. So, like, the first time is when he's trying to figure out how to fit into those pants, he says, I've got to figure out how to get into those pants. Which, like, it, that seems like a funny kind of... Yeah, and, the, and they, there's lecherous... a panel and then they move on. Yeah, right, but, like... Because it's so fleeting, like, I didn't know whether it was intentionally evoking that kind of thing. Oh, I'm sure it was. I hope so. Um, Because they did the same sort of beat panel when the guy was like, give me your shirt, I'll give you money. Like, and then, like, later on, when he finally gets into the VIP section, or or he's trying to get in, and Peppermint Larry still says, like, I I know who you are, Captain Knuckles, even though you got the pants, you're not allowed in. And he's like, but I did all this work. And then he says... It's not a, what a person wears. It's what a person has done to fit into the pants he wears that makes him a bigger man. Which is, like, close to a funny, like, close to a point. but Because like, he's a bigger man now. Yeah, because he's literally a bigger man. Like, it's close to witty, but, like, it doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> right. It kind of reminded me of uh, the episode of The Point. Mm-hmm. When you guys watch The Point where um, someone said about Oblio, like, it's not what's in your head so much as the shape of your head or something like really stupid <laughs> yeah it's not what's on your head it's the shape it's not the shape of your head it's what's in your head yeah but that's not what they said they said something stupider than that 
So it's like close to a cathartic moment, but like it doesn't quite understand what it's doing. Because when they were writing the dialogue in this show, I think they were focusing on making the things that they said fit the characters. So like, Which they do. Uh, which, yeah, like they a line that. that Flapjack said is a line that is said by Flapjack and you couldn't, you know, you could put the meaning into Knuckles, but it, he would phrase it very differently. It would sound different. But the focus was on that rather than making the lines funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're they're goofy. Sometimes they're annoying. Like, Honestly, it feels like random to me. Like it, it feels like these are sensibilities that I don't have that children do. Mm-hmm. So like whenever we intersected, uh, it was at chance. It was by chance and not because a joke was being told well. That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is uncharitable, but uh, you know this this show is I don't know it's it feels kiddier than a lot of the shows that we tend to watch, even though a lot of shows are that we watch are meant for kids. Does well, that I, make sense? I, can, I mean, I can appreciate it on those terms because like that might be the way that you want it. Like if you want to have established but kind of uh, uh, you know two dimensional characters. So that kids can go off and have their own adventures like, oh, now I know how this person acts and how that person acts and I know what an adventure is. I can make my own story from this. Because mm-hmm. like a kid's not going to come up with all those all those jokes. But they do understand like, oh, no, if there's a wacky misunderstanding, you know, maybe I have to I have to go resolve that. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. It, it's very difficult to judge uh, intentionality in this show because it mm-hmm. is so... The flavor of it is so happenstance and wild that yeah. I that I I can't read too much intentionality into it. Yeah, this this would be actually an interesting show to like watch a commentary track of. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Just like we decided that this part wasn't well established, so we we really hit the head o- hit hit the joke over the head for another three or four times to make sure they really got it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Also, I wouldn't we had to fill that. time. Yeah, like, because I like these artists, like, I, or not the artists, but like the storyboarders. I like the people putting the show together. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the show itself. So I, I know they're capable of doing better shows than this, which is yeah, why it's it, disappointing. It, it could be that they hit a bullseye. It just was on a different dartboard than the one you were looking at. Maybe that's it. And, and it's always difficult to do a show where it's just not that deep because I just don't have that much to say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still get the feeling like it was kind of lazily crafted maybe that's unfair but that's that is the impression that i get um i'm glad that they went on to make better things i'm glad that thurup von orman yeah thurup von ornan orman i i can't even fucking read that name like there's (laughs) it's got that thing in word where like there's a little red line under it and it kind of like makes me (laughs) it bleeds into the w's yeah like i'm not not quite sure what's a w and what's just three m's anymore (laughs) Yeah, oh, Ben, you've I, been hitting the candy too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sauce. like, I, I think the show, I think it was done well, you know, in, in the style that it's going for. Um, just wasn't wasn't really for me. I didn't mind it as much as you do. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I wasn't really into it. watching more of it. I, I definitely did mind it. I just, I just kind of saw where it was going too quickly. Yeah, I, I that, that was not the problem that I had with it. I had distinct problems, but, eh. I, I would rather watch Spongebob. Or Austin Powers. Yes. Uh, if you don't mind, before we close out, I'd like to... I, I didn't get a chance to pepper them throughout the show, but I do have a couple flapjack facts. Oh. Like, that, I think, that I think you'll enjoy. Like, like pancakes? Yeah. Uh, Ironically, one of the only kinds of things that you would pepper, like put pepper on, and you are not peppering. Not going to do it. Can't do it. Won't make me. 
Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so if you can just like splatter some sour cream of pepper yeah. facts. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make a we're gonna make a huge waffle all at once. Uh, so uh, it may not surprise you that pancakes tend to vary with culture. Uh, in America, baking powder is used for the leavening agent, but in Britain, they much more resemble a flat crepe. Uh, they also, and this is the only reason I insist on putting this segment in, they used to be a common food for something known as Shrove Tuesday. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Uh, th- this is the Tuesday before Lent, and they had to use up the perishable food before Lent happened. Uh, right, and apparently, during Lent. It's a, it's apparently um, another word for Shrove Tuesday because of this is Fat Tuesday, which, if you say it in French, is Mardi Gras. Yes, Mardi Gras is a French for Fat Tuesday, which became that way because of pancakes. Ta-da! Huh. And those are and my yet when I go cards. And yet when I go da- walking down the street on a carnival day throwing pancakes at people, suddenly I'm not on an adventure. No sell. They, they're not picking up what you're putting down. Because you're Fat putting cakes. down pan- pancakes, and why would they pick those up? <laughs> yeah, we're done here. Let's let's stop. Um, so, Zane, <laughs> uh, what are we well, doing that's next all time? The, that's all the time that we have for today's D&D session. Uh, next time, you will be entering into the castle of uh, Dr. Strangalore. I'm going to let you go. I'm just going to let you keep on riffing if you want. <clears throat> I don't. I'm, okay. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I got to eat some pancakes now. All right, well. Why uh, Flapjack? Why is he called that? That's a silly name. That'll do. Yeah. (laughs) So next time. (laughs) So what is next time, Zane? Next time we have decided for our anime movie, we wanted something that wasn't going to be a a super big hit, uh, something that could or maybe didn't have to be a Studio Ghibli kind of thing. So what what do you know? We're checking out Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. So if you look at a list of Studio Ghibli best to worst films, it's right in the middle, and it technically wasn't Studio Ghibli. It came out before they were founded but with the same people in the same way that brave little toaster was for uh, for pixar mm-hmm. so it's a it's a nice little like i've heard of it i've never seen it it's certainly not as big or popular uh as some of the other big names but i think it should give us something to talk about yeah be, uh, well I, I i hope i enjoy looking at it because i certainly felt nauseated looking at this one very good <laughs> well done yeah yeah they can't all be winners after that Mm-hmm. We've got the we got that guest. Yes, you're right. I t- kind of forgot. I thought I was gonna have to to vamp for a little bit while I looked up a cartoon to to pitch. But no, yeah. no, no. We uh we got in contact with uh, Gary Lane again of Saturday Morning Rewind, and we're gonna check out an oldie, but but maybe goodie. We'll find out. Yeah. What what is it, Zane? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Do 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 do. With uh, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. This this is like. As far as, like, color-coded mascot characters go, I can't think of a more iconic trio. I you know? I remember a lot of, like, there's a lot of snapshots in my head of this show. Yeah, the, it's it's got a weird, Because it used to be on all the time. It was like this and then totally spies, and that really messed up my childhood something fierce. It's It's got a weird amount of real estate back back. in my head. Um, I, I'm interested to go back into it and see if I like Dave as much in person as I do in concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what do you like about Dave? Just, uh, he's a normal dude. Like, I, I don't know. He's just like, he's just a dude. <laughs> in the way that John was not. Yeah, <laughs> in the way that John was my favorite, because he's just a sad guy. <laughs> well, that should be, that should be a experience. And I'm excited to see Gary Lane for that again. 
Yeah, and uh, audience, write in if you have uh, opinions as to which of the chipmunks each of the three of us are, so that we yeah. can uh, so that we can prep our uh, <laughs> so we can prep our intro a little better. If uh, yeah, if if you have any commentary about which of the chipmunks would beat the other two in a blood sport, please go ahead and write into the Carton Cast. Go ahead to Facebook and post a comment uh, below the link for this episode if you'd like to say anything about that. You can go to our page on uh, CartonCast.com or our group website FancyBat.com to get in contact with us. Um, go to iTunes to give us a rating or a review, please. And if more than anything, anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Don't chipmunks eat each other? Um, I think that they are one of those rodent things that probably cannibalize their young if they don't think that they've got enough food for them. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think that's them. Man, if, like, Bubby was, like, putting Flapjack through a series of tests to find out if he was viable enough or if she'd have to eat him and try again? There's no reason to engage with you on this level. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I feel, Ben, I feel like you should get that as a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I'll, I'll, I'll wear my I'm with stupid with the arrow pointing in the wrong direction and you'll stand next to me with that. <laughs> Good night, everyone. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning, I'm headed for a land that's far away, beside the crystal fountains, so come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains, in the big rock candy mountains, there's a land that's fair and bright, where the handouts grow on bushes, And you sleep out every night Where the boxcars all are empty And the sun shines every day On the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees The lemonade springs where the bluebird sings In the bleak rock candy mountains